Mental health check-in with Lee. Come on and check-in with me. Mental health check-in with Lee. Come on and check-in with me. Mental health check-in with Lee. Come on and check-in with me. Come on and check-in with me. Mental health check-in with Lee. Welcome, 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 guys. I'm back with another episode of Mental Health Check-In with my special guest, Dr. Ray. What's good, my brother? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Thank you for being a guest on my show. Um, I'm, glad, I'm glad you invited me. I'm glad to be here. I'm, I'm honored that you're here. You know, <laughs> I think you're a dope person. Oh, um, so let's get in. Let's, let's get into these questions. So I ask this question all the time mm-hmm. to my guests because a lot of people don't ask this question. So I want to ask you, mm-hmm. how's your mental health? Um, I'm, I consider my mental health pretty, pretty good. Um, I'm very, very aware of when, when things are off and I try my best to uh, stay connected with uh, individuals I can kind of uh, talk to when I'm, I'm overwhelmed. And so... Yeah. Uh, I think my mental health is pretty good. That's good. I like to ask that question. I feel like a tape recorder. I like to ask that question because, like, a lot of people don't ask that question, right? You know, um, you can say, "Hey, you can say, hey, you can say, hey, Leek, you know, how are you doing?" And I could be like, "Oh, I'm okay," but I could be struggling mentally, you know. And I advise and I like that question. Yeah, I advise against that because we we get so stuck, you know, in culture and think that we have to answer a certain way that we're actually being dishonest sometimes. You know, if you're you're doing, you know, if you're not okay, be honest, you know? Yes, that is true, man. Um, My next question for you, growing up, was it okay not to be okay growing up? Yeah, in my household, it was okay to not be okay. My dad actually was the emotional person. So, you know, I, I grew up seeing men cry. You know, and that's kind of unheard of in our culture, you know, but they they were okay with us saying that we weren't okay. You know, they wanted honesty most of all. And so I learned so good, you know, Yeah. A lot of people don't grow up with that. You know, I never grew up with you know, I grew up with my mom, my, my mom and dad was on drugs and my grandma raised me. So, you know, I like my grandma dealt with a lot of hurt and resentment so I had to watch her be strong so I thought I couldn't be weak or nothing because she never showed a sign of weakness right you know every time we was allowed to cry was at funerals right (laughs) and and I think what we have to throw out is the idea that if you are showing any emotion that you are weak that that's not the case it's not a sign of weakness it's actually a sign of strength I think it takes more to show emotion than to to hold it back it's easy to hold it back you know yeah, that is true. Um, yeah, to be able to show it. Yeah, that is true. That is so true, man. <laughs> That's so true. Um, my next question, what do you say to the stigma? Is You know, there's a stigma surrounding mental health, right? So mm-hmm. the, and let's, let's tackle the stigma surrounding men's mental health. Like, what do you say? Because, you know, they said men can't cry, we can't be weak, we can't show no emotions. What do you say as a licensed therapist? What do you say? What do I say? I say you have to ignore all of that because those are not the rules. <laughs> you know, that's culture. You know, you got to be careful about falling into just, you know, what the culture says. 
you know, church yeah. will say that, church will say that, families will say that, you know, they don't want you to express anything that makes them uncomfortable, but it's not about them. It's about, it's about you and how you're feeling and your health and your wellness. And the best thing to be is honest. You know, I think we need to realize that we are emotional beings as well as, you know, physical beings. And if you ignore the emotional aspect of yourself, you're not going to be healthy, not even physically. Yeah, that is true. Oh, that was so good. <laughs> Sorry, that was so good. That was like really, really good. Um, like, tell the viewers about yourself, you know, you're a licensed therapist. What made you want to be a licensed therapist? What made me want to be? People ask me that all the time. Uh... I can't say anything made me want to be it. I feel like the the occupation chose me uh, because I went to college. I was a pre-med student and I was going to be a family doctor. Um, but all of that science, I was like, I don't want to just become like a auto, auto mechanic for the human body. I didn't want to just fix people's physical bodies. But, you know, and coming across people, you know, I learned that people have a story in, in the way that they act. There's a story behind the way everybody acts. And I was interested in that story. And so, you know, I took an abnormal psych class um, as an elective in college. And I was like, this is it. I want to do this, you know? <laughs> you know, when you're in a, man, that's good. You are here helping people, you know? Yeah. Um, you're in an abnormal psych class and you start thinking about, you know, the hearing the diagnoses and thinking about people you know that might have it. And then they talk about it can be treated. And I was like, yeah, this is this is what I want to do. You know, something alive came in me. I just felt like, you know, that was me naturally. My head goes off to you. You know, not just not being a licensed therapist, but a licensed black therapist, man. That is so dope. And I feel like we need more black therapists, you know? <laughs> we need more of them out here. Yeah, yeah, we do. Because there's nothing like being able to talk to somebody that you feel can relate to you know, your experience, um, you know, as a, as a Black person, you know, yeah. there are not a lot of us out That's here, good. Because, you know, we weren't exposed to, to them. The more we expose the Black psychologists, then people coming up will feel like I can be one. Yes. You know? Yeah. Yes. That, and that's good because like my therapist, you know, he always said like, you know, I would, I would, I would look for therapists, you know, I was sexually abused, you know, sexual trauma and everything. And I was looking for therapists. I didn't want a male therapist at first. I was, you know what? Let me try to work on my issues and trust the men. I'm here for a male therapist. And, you know, he had to be black. I was like, he has to be, you know, not knocking nobody else. That's just my preference. You know, if I'm going to help, somebody going to help me with the sexual trauma or just childhood trauma, depression right. and grief, they need to understand what it is to be a black man behind all that, you know? Right. You know, and what people don't realize is that the connection that you have with your therapist is, is, is a curative factor. That's what really makes therapy work. If you're not connected with your therapist, it's the therapy is not going to benefit you. Yeah. Healing comes through the relationship, you know? That is true. And um, the next question, before we get to the next question, I like to always say this. You know, mm -hmm. I put this in each of my shows, anybody that's out there struggling with suicidal thoughts, or suicide, get help, there's therapy out there. I work, I volunteer at NAMI Bus County. We have support groups, um, Saturdays through Fridays, different times, it's all on Zoom for free. Um, we also have a National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, which starting tomorrow, or we change it to 988. So, you know, you might struggle with depression and suicidal thoughts. Make sure you dial that number 988. So my next question, 
Um, you as a therapist, you know, have you ever dealt with like, thoughts of suicide or deep depression? Have I ever dealt with thoughts of suicide? Um, there are two types of suicidal thoughts. There are active ones, there are passive ones. Active ones oh. are when, you, when you're thinking about, you know, uh, what you're going to do to take your life and you have the means to do it. Um, passive yeah. when you're just feeling like, oh, you know, you have thoughts like things would be better off if I wasn't here. Those types of statements. That's called passive suicidal ideation, where you don't have a plan to take your life, but if something happened to you that took your life, you wouldn't be upset about it, you know? And your and your language kind of speaks to that. So have I ever had suicidal ideation? I can say that I've, I've had passive suicidal thoughts. You know, when times get difficult, okay. you always think to yourself, you know, you know, it would be easier if I just wasn't here type thing. But I had no plan to, to like take my life or anything like that or harm myself. I think everybody experiences passive suicidal ideation at some point, especially if you go through something difficult, you know, or harsh or hard, you know? Yeah, that's so good, man. Thank you for explaining them two types, you know. I think you're the first guest that explained that so far. Yep, and active, active passive <laughs> suicidal ideation, you know? That's, that's good. That's really, really good. Yeah. Um, next question for you, you know, not only is Dr. Ray, uh, like I said, therapist, he's also a preacher, right? Preacher. Mm -hmm. So my next question for you mm -hmm. is what can the church do to help someone struggling with mental health? You know, I know that church says, you know, pray away. Pray for it and just pray it away. But you know, I always believe my my philosophy is we need God in therapy. Mm -hmm. So what do you say? Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think the church needs to have more conversations about mental health so it normalizes people of faith. You know, yeah. uh, that people of faith can struggle with mental health issues either, and it doesn't mean that your faith is weak or that God is not yeah. in your life. You know, a lot of people yeah. in church deny that they're feeling any emotions because they feel like to be emotional or to have, you know, uh, struggles in their mental health means that they're not, um, you know, in favor with God or in, in a good relationship with God, but that's not the case. You know, there are biblical characters that we read in the Bible that experience mental health issues. Yeah. You know, so you're still human at the end of the day, even with your relationship with God. So you need him, but I think the church needs to do a better job of normalizing that language in those conversations among its people, yeah. you know? So people won't feel ashamed to, to, to let somebody know, hey, I'm struggling in my mental health. I'm dealing with depression. That's why I haven't been to church, you know? Or I'm anxious and that's why, you know, I struggle with this drinking or whatever it might be that, that you're doing. Yeah calm yourself so that's what i would say church needs to have more conversations about it and i think the church also needs to learn how to validate people's feelings and not you know uh push them away from their feelings you know if they're struggling don't say yeah. oh you're not struggling you know that's that's the devil no i am struggling and the church needs to say uh, I fear uh, I that you're struggling you know i know it's hard sometimes it's yeah. all validation you know that is so good. Listen, you speak into something I went through recently, <laughs> a year or two ago. You speak into something I went through, and I always, and I want to throw out there too, like, I had this idea, I was like, you know, like, you know, most of these new churches, I don't know how, like, <laughs> the whole churches are, but, you know, they have people on staff. I feel like some of these churches 
should have uh, therapists on staff. Shout out to City Life Philly. Absolutely. They, City Life in South Philly, um, I attend there and they have like therapies that's in the build therapists that's in the building that works with yeah, the church. So I mean, yeah, shout out to them. I feel like all churches should have that, you know, like you said, we should not just say that's the devil or yeah. spiritual warfare. It's the enemy. We can't blame everything on the enemy. Sometimes we need to go get the help ourselves, you know? Right. Absolutely. It's a ministry. And I, I, I always tell every church, you should have a mental health ministry in your church. If you don't have therapists in your church, you need to partner with some type of facility or some, some uh, yeah. you know, therapist that you can refer people to that works with your church, you know, and understands, you know, your, your desire as a pastor, you know, and, yeah. and, and can point people in the right direction and help people to heal. You know, it takes more than sometimes just that preached word and a good worship service. Sometimes they, people need mm-hmm. to talk out. And if you're not a, a therapist, you know, you can be a pastor and you can have conversation, but you're operating outside of your scope of expertise. If you're trying to provide therapy for, you know, a parishioner, you need to let them go to the therapist, a the person that's trained to deal with their issue. That is so true, man. That is so true. Yeah. That is so true. And the next question for you is, mm-hmm. um, what do you say to somebody that's mentally struggling, that's dealing with like, church hurt? What do you say? To, like, how can they get help? You know, what do you say to them? You know, because people understand church hurt is real. And church oh, yeah. hurt turns into mental health issues also. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I would I would tell them to acknowledge the hurt and, and, and share that they have been hurt. You know, I mean, the church might not want to hear that they've been hurt, but the church needs to know that you are hurt and it's fair to you to let somebody know that you are hurt, you know, but try not to dwell on, try not to dwell on that hurt and, and, you know, move away from whatever hurt you and, and give yourself space and time to heal. Take some time away from people and, you know, uh, activities that you might've been doing so that you can heal. You know, there's no need to keep working and, 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 and trying to, you know, help other people and minister to other people when you yourself are hurt. Yeah. Because that hurt's going to come through whatever you're doing for other people. Whatever ministry you are a part of, if you're not healed, that hurt is going to come through. You know, yeah. hurt people hurt people, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so you got to be careful of that. You got to allow yourself the space and time to heal, you know? Yeah. Don't let nobody push you in or guilt you into continuing to work, you know, saying that, well, you know, if got, you've got to keep working in order to be healed. That That's not, that's not the case. Yeah, that is so true, man. That is so, 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 so. Yeah, too many broken and hurt people trying to, to operate and they need to just take a break, yeah. take a breather, you know? Yes. Because if you're hurt and all church people are concerned about is you working, that's not going to make you feel better. That's not going to make you feel validated. That's not going to make you heal. That's not going to, you know, initiate healing for you. You know, it's going to yeah. make you feel used and taken advantage of and overlooked and 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 treated like you don't matter or your hurt doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. That's so good, man. That's so good. Um, my, my next question for you is, how what is like what are some good coping skills you could recommend for somebody that's struggling with mental health? You know, like you know, like suicide is one of the leading causes of death in the world, you know. And like what can you say for somebody that's struggling in the silence, you know, that doesn't want to speak up, you know? 
what do I say to someone who's struggling and what? That's struggling in silence that doesn't even speak up, you know. I'm sorry, my dog is barking crazy and I'm trying to keep him from uh, getting too loud. <laughs> say that again. What do I? What do, what do, what do you say to someone that's struggling in silence that doesn't want to speak up about their mental health? You have to talk. Just like just like words, just like words hurt, words help to heal too. Yeah. Oh wow, that was good. You gotta relieve yourself of what's going on through your words, you know. You can't be silent and heal. There's no way. I mean, that's why we have a whole book of lamentations in the Bible. Lamentations are verbal expressions of sadness and sorrow and pain. You know, nobody's gonna know your pain if you keep it quiet, you know. That's why we always see those uh, posts that says check on your strong friend because a strong friend rarely talks about what they're going through, you know, but that doesn't mean that they're not going through anything and that yeah. they don't need uh, support and help, but a, a, a closed uh, a closed mouth doesn't get fed. You know, you need to open up your mouth and speak about what's going on in you. So good. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, speak to him. You get the best of both world, guys. You get a therapist and a preacher. Like, this is like, this is how my therapy sessions we look at, you know? Like, that's uh -huh. the best of worlds. Um, you as a therapist, like, uh -huh. question for you, like, do you have, how is it important for you to get therapy? Very important because I hear a lot that, that trauma, that can vicariously traumatize me. That means being traumatized by somebody else's trauma. You know, and if I'm holding it all in and I'm trying to bear it all myself, that's going to weigh me down. I need to be able to get it off me. So, you know, I talk to I have a therapist and I talk to supervisors, you know, about what uh, cases I have and what people are going through. And then they give me they reassure me by giving me tips and, and, and strategies. And sometimes they'll tell me, listen, I remember one time I, I had a, a client I was dealing with and I wanted I didn't know what to do with the client. And my supervisor sat me down and looked at me in the eyes and said, Ray, you are not that powerful. And I will never forget that. That was my first year as a therapist. And I was, you know, a tear came to my eye because I was like, yeah, I'm not that powerful. Why do I feel like I got to fix this for this person? Yeah. You know, and sometimes therapists have to realize that they're not that powerful and they're not going to be able to help everyone. You know, and sometimes they just need to talk about their feelings of powerlessness with their therapist or with a supervisor so that they can, you know, keep perspective and not, you know, over overwhelm themselves and, 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 and pressure themselves to do something because people and their issues will pull, pull, for, for, pull from you and, and pull on you for something that you can't give them or you can't fix for them. And as a therapist, I have to learn how to you know, let let them know I can't fix that or I can't help with that situation. You know, this is something that you're going to have to just go through and, and maybe help yourself with it. I have to know my limitations and my boundaries. Wow. I respect that because I had a therapist, right? You know, I got the person I was therapist, I was I've seen for two years, but mm -hmm. it was one year I stopped going like after my mom died in 2019. Mm -hmm. And then my sister died. I think I stopped going. My sister had died nine months later. And I was, I saw, like, I probably, like, I was, I'm not going to have therapy, you know, I like didn't go for like all these months. So, um, 
uh, tried other therapists, and this one therapist, I remember I like told him like what I was going through. People watch my documentary and everything. Next thing you know, he told me, he said, I can't help you because I don't have the tools to help you. And at first I was mad, but then again, I had to look at it. I said, damn, I respect that. He was like, I don't want to like try to help you or hurt you more. And I was like, wow, that's dope. That would be unethical, unethical to try to help somebody and you don't have the tools to help them, you know? They're going to find out eventually that you don't have the tools to help them. So you might as well be honest up front. Yep. You know? That, that was good, man. That was like, <laughs> I was mad at first, but that was like a good, I had to think, I was like, you know, that's some real stuff. You know, you told me this and I can't get mad if you can't help me, you know, here about the tools. Right. Right. Um... Honest enough to, to say that to you because some therapists are prideful and they, they refuse to say that they can't help in this situation. Yeah. And what they do is wind up hurting hurting the client in the long run. Damn, you know? That's so good. And that, <laughs> messes up, that messes up the relationship. So now that the client doesn't trust the therapist anymore. Yeah. Wow. That is so and true. Once trust is gone, there is no therapy. Wow. That's good. That's so true. We was like hitting right yeah. on it. No, man. Mm. Uh, my next question for you mm-hmm. is um, how are you, how, I mean, how do we break the stigma surrounding mental health? We got to have conversations about it. You know, the more we talk about it, the, the, the less people feel stigmatized when, when it comes up in their life because it's like, you know, yeah, yeah, mental, yeah. Health, mental health exists and anybody can be susceptible to mental health issues. So I don't feel that bad, you know? It's yeah. like talking about the common cold. Nobody gets uh, upset or embarrassed when they get a cold because a cold is common. Yeah. You know, it's something to be expected, you know? People get colds, you know, we need to talk, about depression and anxiety and not, you know, allow ourselves to kind of uh, just imagine because it'll always seem bigger than it really is. You know, when, when we don't talk about it, it'll seem like, you know, an elephant in the room. But if you talk about depression and anxiety on a regular basis, people will, you know, be accustomed to that those words and won't feel yeah. as bad if they, you know, have it. Yeah, that is so true, bro. Yeah. Um, Oh wow! Like you know, also be more willing to get treatment for it. You know, knowing that hey, I can be treated for it. Well, and this medication out there is nothing wrong with medication, guys. Nothing wrong with therapy. There's nothing wrong with speaking up and just trying right. to get help for yourself. There's no nothing wrong nothing if your friend wrong. is struggling yeah. with suicidal thoughts and you tell on them. There's nothing wrong. My right. friend Beck always says it's better to have a mad friend than a dead friend. You know, it's yep. nothing wrong with it. Yeah, nothing wrong with it at all. And um and people need those type of people in their life that's going to speak yes. to and protect them. We call it accountability, people, y'all. Accountability in your life. Yep. Yes, and um, about to end this, right? So I just want to ask you another question. Mm-hmm. What's what's going on with Doctor Ray? What's going on? What's next for you? What is next for me? Yes. I I I want to one day like have a, like an online university. Where oh, people wow. can get where people can can get certain trainings and uh, lessons about mental health and life, um, mm-hmm. 
that 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 are not looking necessarily to become a therapist or anything, but just looking to be educated, you know. And I want to educate. I want to uh, integrate uh, Christianity and psychology, you know, spirituality and psychology, especially for the church world, because the church world needs it really, really badly. There are a lot of people suffering in churches, you know, and the pastors don't know what to do and they don't have mental health ministries. So yes. I like to be a resource uh, for, for churches and pastors because pastors need uh, mental health uh, assistance too. Yeah, they're dealing with people all the time and they hear some traumatic things and people pull from them or expect from them a lot. They deal with a lot of pressure, you know, trying to balance the church and their families and, you know, their own lives. And, you know, there are a lot of pastors that have, I'm sure, thought about suicide, you know, and there was, yeah. there was a moment there where it seemed like a lot of pastors were committing suicide. Yeah. Uh, pastors of big churches, you know, and you know, I'll never forget reading about this one pastor who was actually teaching a series on mental health and committed suicide during the series that he was teaching on mental health for the people. Oh, wow. Can you imagine that? Your pastor is teaching on mental health and then your pastor commits suicide, you know, and wow. nobody, nobody knew that he was struggling with his own mental health, but his family, you know, it shouldn't be that way. Wow, it shouldn't. It should not. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. Wow. But we need resources out there. People that are going to speak up and teach it, you know, not necessarily academically, but teach it in a, in a, at a level that people can understand it and grasp it and benefit from it. That's that's what's next for me. That's wow. what I'm hoping to be able to do. Listen, I'm excited for what's next for you. And I just um, I never ended my show like this where I got something that I just want you to do. Like, do you think you can take a quick second, a minute or two or three or four and just say a prayer over, you know, mental health, you know, can we, can you, are you able to get it? Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Lord, we thank you just for your goodness and your mercy and your kindness. God, thank you, Lord, for uh, Talit, God, for his vision for this podcast. God, we thank you, Lord, for this topic. We thank you, Lord, for the the questions that were asked tonight, and we're asking you to just to bless all those who have been listening or will listen to this podcast, that you would touch their minds, that you would keep them in good mental health, God, that you would allow them to have the, the, the courage to speak up when they're feeling uh, emotionally drained or emotionally in distress, that you would put people in their lives, God, that will know what to do and what instructions to give them that you will put support around them, God, that you would put help around them, that they might be able to be healthy in all aspects of their life, not just physically, but emotionally, psychologically, God, and spiritually, God. We are, you want us to be whole, and that's what we're asking for, for wholeness, God, that you would uh, continue to open up doors and platforms like this for, for people to learn and to gain understanding about your desire for us to be uh, healthy mentally, God. Lord, bless this podcast. Lord, bless the hearers of this podcast. Those that are listening, God, I, I decree a blessing upon them, a blessing on their mental health and wellness, a blessing in their lives, in their situations. God, that you are their support, that you are their help, and that you are sending people their way to, to help them. God, continue to lead and guide us in the right path. In your so name, yes, we pray. Amen. Amen, brother, Dr. Pastor Ray. Thank you so much. <laughs> no problem. For being a guest on here, man. No, thank you. Thank you for that wonderful prayer. I've never done that. I'm going to see you two of this on my podcast. I've never done that before. Thank you. Wow. 
so much, brother. Well, I'm glad to be the first. That's awesome. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's awesome.